This is Growth Masters. The show for CEOs, CMOs, and anyone wanting to keep up with what's new in the world of business, marketing, and tech. You're in conversation with Robert Tadros. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Growth Masters podcast. I'm your host, Robert Tadros. Joining me today is the one and only David Tan, the Channel Partnership Manager at Airwallex. With over 10 years' experience in blue chip companies such as Trustpilot, David is currently leading the partnership channel at Airwallex. And for our listeners that aren't familiar with Airwallex or haven't heard of the business, Airwallex was established in Melbourne in 2015. It's a global payment fintech which is transforming the way that businesses move money and manage their money domestically and internationally. So without further ado, please welcome Dave to the show. Dave, tell me, for our listeners, I guess, and those that don't know much about Airwallex, and I'd be surprised if anyone doesn't know Airwallex, you guys have been all over the bloody media recently. What do you do? Give me the backstory. Yeah, great. So, um, so first of all, thanks a lot for, for having me on, Rob. Uh, it's, it's a bit of a funny story, actually. Airwallex came out of a, a cafe. Two of our co-founders, uh, they owned a, a cafe in the Docklands, and it's, a, it's actually a bit of a side hustle for them, but they had this issue where they were ordering uh, coffee cups um, from China. So they were you know, an SME ordering you know, maybe like $15,000 worth of coffee cups per order. And when they, were, when they were paying that, they were seeing that they were getting charged about a grand just for the conversions. So for the FX conversions from uh, converting AUD to USD to pay for those supplies. And an interesting thing was that Jack, who's one of our co-founders and our CEO now, he actually was a, an FX solutions architect for ANZ and NAB. So essentially, you know, making payments really cheap for, um, for large corporations that were using, using those banks to, to pay. And so he knew that the, the FX fees were not actually that high, or they could be much lower. But for SMEs, where you don't have the same sort of like buying power as, you know, an Apple or a Nike, you're kind of, you know, you're, you're left with these really high fees. And so that was the, the starting point for, for, for Airwallets. Since then, Airwallets has actually become a, a, a unicorn, what's called a unicorn, which is a, a, a private, like a, a non-IPO tech company that's uh, valued at US $1 billion or more. And, and we actually just raised... Uh, was, that, was that pre the raise or was that after the raise? Um, so that was we actually, <laughs> we became a, a unicorn at three years old. So it's actually the fastest oh, wow. company in, in Australian history. But we did just raise like another 200 mil USD, which I think pushed our valuation to something like two or two and a half billion now. So not, not quite a slack from, uh, from, from this morning, yeah. right? Or was it like 37 billion or whatever it was, AUD? Yeah. Um, yeah. But pretty, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty good success story. And I know that the boys have actually hit the rich list already. I was just in the, in the AFR like last week. What was that, sorry? The, the, the founders, the boys have actually hit the, um, the oh, AFI yeah. rich list. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so it's, a, you know, it's a really like, rapidly growing tech startup. And, and I think the, the, the nice thing as well is that it's a, a Melbourne-born company. Yeah. So yeah. you don't have too many um, you know, companies like the likes of you know, Shopify or, or Slack that are actually you know, based out of, out of Australia. 
Man, what an amazing success story. And like, especially from a cafe here in Melbourne, right? Like, I mean, Melbourne's really becoming a, I don't know, is it the new Silicon Valley? Arguably, maybe. Yeah, there's been a couple of good, you know, startups and, and, and especially in the fintech space. What, a, what, a, what an amazing story. And like, so we were talking earlier around some of the facilities and I didn't know. So from a business owner's perspective, you know, we use Amex and all due respect to Amex. I you know, love the guys, no, no issues there at all. But man, fees are through the roof, right? Especially yeah. transaction, international fees. So, you know, if I was transfer money over to our Austin office, I just stung like 3% or whatever it is. So I remember, and this is even before meeting you or, you know, or speaking to you guys uh, as far as a, as a partner, I reached out to Kelly, my finance director, and I said, Cal, check out Airwallex. You know, you guys had just hit the news, raised, you know, was it 57 million or whatever it was. I was like, look, check these guys out. And hey, let's just open an account. Like it's easy, three clicks, you know? Anyway, she checked it out. She's like, this doesn't seem right. It's just like, it's just too good to be true. And I said, well, I think it is. So it is true. So talk to me a little bit about that. Like, how have you guys managed to cut through such a, a congested market? Yeah, sure. So maybe I can take a little bit of a step back and sort of explain what we are in, in a nutshell. Because I know that, yeah, please. Um, you know, when I first started interviewing for Airworks, when I was coming on board, I, I didn't even know really exactly what Airworks did. But essentially, Airworks is a financial technology platform that allows businesses to collect, hold, and pay out many different types of currency from around the world. So we're especially suited to like rapidly growing e-commerce and, and digital businesses. And I sometimes explain that we're, we're like a global neobank for businesses that have customers and suppliers or, or employees overseas. So in a nutshell, the, the reason why an e-commerce business or you know, an agency or any kind of you know, digital business will use us is because we actually help them to get into uh, international markets and and also retain more of their margin and you sort of hit on that with the, the fx fee so um this is something that that a lot of businesses especially you know sort of small medium-sized businesses aren't aren't aware of the the kinds of fees that they're getting charged by their banks they know it's it's something that they're getting charged but it's there. We know, time, we know we know there's a fee but we don't you know a lot of the time we don't even look at what the fee is because it's like well we we have no choice yeah yeah exactly it's like that's that's kind of just considered the cost of doing business because there's there's no other alternative and the fees are can be a kind of confusing thing because they might say oh it's a ten dollar fee or or there are no fees but where they the banks actually make the money is in the, the margin that they put onto the fx right so, so there's like a, an interbank rate, which is the standard sort of rate for the currency. And then on top of that, a bank might add three, four, five percent just for converting from, you know, for instance, AUD to USD. So what, what we do is we're actually, we've, we've built the infrastructure and technology and, and also relationships with different liquidity providers to be able to offer really, really low FX rates. So around 90% cheaper than, than big four banks. And how we can do that is because we have, everything is done programmatically. So there aren't you know, flaws of people that are making trade and doing these things manually. Everything's done uh, programmatically. So it's, it's really quick, it's really fast, and there's not too much human intervention. So basically eliminating humans. <laughs> m m music to my ears. <laughs> I guess we would just say automating as much as as much as possible. 
which is which is the way of the future, right? I mean, I'm obviously in the digital space and automation for me is huge, right? I mean, if I can, as bad as this sounds, you know, eliminate, eliminate human error, not saying that, you know, you can't, you know, stuff up and make, make mistakes with automation, but there's less risk in, in making, uh, you know, automation risks, if you like, rather than human risks, right? Um, so I'm, I'm pretty big on the, yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's a good point. And, and I guess the, the, the key thing that we look for at Airworks is not just automating everything, because there are some things that you really need to invest in people and skills. So for instance, yep. we automate you know, things like the FX rate and, and you know, um, onboarding, things like that. But we have a really strong team of customer support people that for, for Australian business, they're based in Melbourne. And so that means that you know if you're having an issue or you, you get signed up with, with your account, like I know that Impressive have just got an account I think last week. What will happen is you'll you'll set a time with, with one of our product specialists or your finance director. And they will actually jump on a Zoom call whenever you want and sort of take you through um, how the account works, how to set it up specifically for your business as well. Because we find that that a lot of businesses nowadays they'll have you know suppliers overseas or customers overseas but where those suppliers and, and customers are really depends on it really affects how you use the platform so we invest actually quite a lot into into people for things like customer success and, and service so are they considered like an onboarding team or a customer success a customer success team yeah so we, we have um i guess it's a, a separate kind of thing the onboarding because there's onboarding clients which yep. look after the, the KYC or the know your customer process. And they just yeah, make sure that all the you know, businesses that are coming on the platform, they're legitimate businesses that are using us for legitimate reasons. And then the, the other team is sort of like a, you know, maybe customer support uh, account management, you could call them. And they're the ones that are, that are I guess their role is to um, make sure that the client is set up and they're, they're using the account as efficiently and you know, as, as possible and as optimized. You know, for instance, an e-commerce business, they might have uh, suppliers in, in China that they pay USD. Then they've got customers in the US and UK and Europe that they collect like the local customers from. And they also have maybe 10 grand worth of, of SaaS subscriptions a month, like Shopify, Fabio and Slack and, and all these kind of things. So the product specialist will actually look through and, and talk to the, the, the client about what their what their fund flows are. So where they're paying that money, where things could be optimized so that they they were saving money as much as possible and they were doing things that would help their business, like setting up a, a local bank account, for instance, in the US. It allows the, the customer, uh, our our customer to collect USD directly from their, their US customers. This is awesome, right? And I'm gonna, I'm gonna let's let's dive a little bit deeper into that, right? I mean, there was a really good segue into my next question around the types of businesses that you do you deal with. And I know we've got a there's a there's a common there's a common denominator here is the fact that we 70, 80% of our portfolio of clients is e-commerce, right? So we play very heavy in that space. And you know, for for some context, the reason we opened Austin was the amount of the demand from our clients that wanted to go overseas, but just didn't know where to start, right? And we ran the risk of losing them to an overseas agency. So we thought, well, there's an opportunity here for us, 
okay, to, to go and understand the consumer behavior, understand the US market, because that's predominantly where most of them wanted to get to, and then run our own agency, build our own agency over in the US, and then track, take them over to the, to, to the US from, from Australia. So we did that. We opened up the, 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 the Austin office, and, you know, and, and here we are, right? It's, it's, been, it's been great. So that's, I guess, for a little bit of context. So this is very interesting, right? So as far as working with e-com brands, explain that for me a little bit, right? So if I run a retail store, let's just say it's a, you know, Melbourne-based company, Rob's Jeans, okay? And I, you know, let's just say, I, you know, I trade a couple of million dollars here in Australia. Um, I now want to get over to the US. I engage Impressive, Impressive Start Marketing in the US. All of a sudden, US is doing very well and I'm trading at about a million bucks over there, right? A million USD. Where, when is the point that, I guess, Airwallets would come in and what, what would what value would you add to me as Rob's jeans? Yeah, yeah, sure. So that's actually a really common um, common use case. Like e-commerce businesses are by far our biggest kind of uh, vertical for, for customers, and that's only gotten you know gotten more and more during Thanks COVID. To COVID, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we we you know have done our own sort of internal modeling, and, and we we're projecting certain things and certain trends that have been, you know, five, 10 times speed up, sped up by, by COVID. But in that example, so you, you mentioned that, that you know, Rob's jeans was wanting to, to, to get over to, to the US. A really crucial first step to doing that will be setting up a US bank account to collect US dollars into. Because otherwise, if you have you know, an Australian bank account or even like a, a bank account with NAB, that's a US denominated account. That will there'll be you know different fees involved. There'll be there'll be issues with with you know time that you need to convert certain things. So you know one thing might be if you bring back USD within 72 hours, you need to convert it to AUD. So you can't actually hold that currency, which I'm sure like Rob G, Rob's Gene, for instance, they will want to have USD that they get from their customers to be able to pay for you know maybe their, their they're getting jeans from China and they pay this Chinese suppliers USD. So how Airwallets would help is they would be able to set up a US bank account with us literally in two seconds online and for free. Then they can- I can't, I can't, sorry, I can't believe that. Do you know, I had to fly to the US to open up a bank account. Yeah, yeah. I, like I, that, I, that, that was, that in itself, like it just baffled me. I was like, what do you mean I have to fly to the other side of the world to open up a bank account? <laughs> Yeah, I know. I didn't actually know that before I started working there once, but I was at this startup event the other, like a few, a while ago, the start of the year, I think. And I was demoing this to, to someone and they couldn't believe that you could set up the account that quickly. And they were like, is this just a demo? Or is this actually real? So yeah, as you mentioned, uh, the status quo, like the current sort of situation is the director, probably all of the directors of the company we need to actually fly over, physically be in a branch, do a bunch of paperwork, and then maybe wait months. With Airwallets, you, as I mentioned, just do it in your account. Um, you can do it yourself. Uh, you'll get a, a US dollar bank account that's actually located in the US. And then you connect it to, you know, whatever payment gateways or, or buy now, pay later you're, you're dealing in. So after paying Klarna um, are two really, really common examples and they're, they're partners of ours. Another one might be you know, PayPal or something like that. And you then can collect the, the USD in uh, via PayPal from those customers. And then with Airwallets, you can decide whether you want to hold that USD and you know, pay out 
suppliers or pay out your SaaS or you know whatever it is with USD for free, or you can bring it back and then like convert it through us. And again, you're paying about you know like ninety percent less than a big four bank. That is like literally amazing. You know, like I I know like from experience how hard it is to get money out of into just if outside of Australia. Right. And even if we just use the US as an example, it's a bloody nightmare. Right. And, you know, it's not even worth bringing the money back because of the amount of money you lose in transaction fees. So, I mean, surely that, I mean, that in itself is a game changer. Right. And, and, and especially for e-commerce brands that I know, again, from experience, having dealt with a lot of them here, struggle to bring the money back. And when they do, they get stung with so many different fees. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and I mean, like agencies like yours, you spend so much time and effort on, on, on improving the conversion rates and improving as much as you can on and off site to, to help the client retain as much margin as possible. But then if they're losing four or 5% of that margin, which is maybe 10 to 20% for an e-commerce business, that's a, that's a huge you know, chunk of money that they're just leaving on the table. And we legitimately have experienced this time and time again. Um, and, and the interesting thing is, is that, again, with all due respect to all these businesses, but it always comes down on us. It's like, well, guys, whatever you're doing is not working, <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> and it's like, you know, you got to take them down this education path of, well, actually, no, it is. However, have a look at this on your P&L, right? You've, you've spent this, that, and the other, which is just generally a lot of the time it's fees, right? And, yeah. and, and a lot of them, because you lose money, number one, to PayPal, if we just you use example PayPal as an example. So you, you pay fees to PayPal, then you pay fees to the bank, right? And then by the time it even hits your bank account, you've lost more fees, right? So everybody's getting their piece of the pie, but the actual customer themselves. <laughs> right? Yeah, and, and a huge a huge problem with, with Australian e-commerce brands is, is this this what we call double conversions. So you know they're getting USD from their customers, and the way they collect it in, they're forced to convert it back to AUD, but they don't actually want to convert it back to AUD. They want to keep it in USD because they have other expenses they need to pay in USD. So, but what's happening is that they pay 3% to, to bring it back and convert it to AUD. And then when it's in the bank, they might the bank might charge them 5% to convert that again to USD. And it's also more of a hassle as well. Obviously, you're, you're doing this sort of work that you don't really want to do. So, you know, the nice thing with, with Airways is that you can, you can have, no matter what sort of currencies you're dealing with, you can have everything sort of like in one place and you can decide you have more authority and ownership over how you strategically hold or, or collect or pay out money as an as a mm. e-commerce business. I'm just going to ask this question. I don't know. Maybe, I'm, uh, maybe you can't expose too much here, but on the, in, in, on the roadmap, is AirWallet planning any type of payment gateways? Yeah, yeah, we are. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's that's kind of like the the last like final piece of, yeah. of you know the, the airworks infrastructure. So because then you own the payment the payment cycle, right? You own the entire payment ecosystem, if you like, right? Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. So so right like right now we're we're connecting to to other payment gateways, but when we launch our own payment gateway sometime next year, we will be able to, as you said, like collect that currency right into AirWallet and then let the let the client decide what they're going to do with that currency. Which is even more savings, right? Because you eliminate your PayPal's, your afterpays, all the, I mean, you're not eliminating them completely because they're, you know, they've got their own value props in their, you know, in in, in their own businesses. However, you know, if I can 
as an e-com owner, if I can eliminate that double fee that you were talking about, then that's music to my ears, right? It's more margin for me and more money in my bank account. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. So, I mean, there's a number of products that I know Airwallex offers, right? And we were talking before around how, you know, I've got a lot of my sales guys, I've got a lot of my senior managers, they're all walking around with Amixes, which cost me a fortune. Again, I, it sounds like I'm picking on Amix, but it's because I know the amount of fees that I pay, right? So, um, and you, you said that there's a, a, a new kid on the block, right? There's a new product, which has uh, been trialed and tested in Melbourne by the Airwallex team. Talk to me a little bit more about that. Yeah, yeah. So that's actually something that I'm personally really, really interested in because, you know, it's something that affects my day to day. So, so we just launched, we had expense cards for a long time that yep. businesses were generally using to pay for their SaaS subscriptions in USD and they can save about 3% when they're doing that. With these employee cards, what happens is, you know, and, and how we've been testing them in the Melbourne office is the, you know, the account owner can issue cards, uh, virtual cards right now in, in about, um, in probably January 21, we'll have physical cards. And then a few months after that, we'll have Apple Pay and Google Pay. Right, right now they're just virtual, but we've been testing them out to, to pay for things that are, you know, anything online. So what it does is, is the 130 or so, you know, people in our Melbourne office, they're each issued a virtual card that is popped up with 50 bucks a month. And that's kind of like their, you know, their sort of discretionary expenses. So um, we can pay for team building activities, which is you know, becoming um, a more and more of a thing in the time of year. Mm. Uh, we pay for you know, Uber Eats, Dan Murphy's stuff. Um, and I was mentioning you know, before, like we and my team, we did a, a, a team building activity where we got a, a boat on the Yarra and we sort of like we drove that around for a couple of hours and, and had some food and stuff on it. So that, again, that's a physical thing, but we actually paid for that online with the, the virtual Airwallet's um, Visa card. So it's, it's a bit of a way of, I guess, empowering your team a bit more and also shifting some of the burden and the you know, admin, admin time from HR or, or the directors of the business or you know, people who have much more, you know, much more important thing to do than give someone hard details and make sure that they're you know, they're doing the Trust me, from a from a from a from a business owner's perspective, it is a freaking nightmare. <laughs> you know, the amount of Slack messages I get during the week. Hey, Rob, need to do this. Can you please send me the card details? Hey, Rob, can you do this? Because I, you know. So I want to I want to manage what's going in and out, but I mean that in itself is a huge is, is, is a game changer. So, question: these these virtual accounts or cards, can I have it on like my Apple Watch or my device yet, or is that only accessible once there is an actual physical card? Uh, so so where we'll have physical cards. So the the virtual cards are essentially just the the numbers, like number is yeah. CVV. The physical cards will be in January 21. I think we'll, we'll release them. Um, and they will be, another thing to mention about these is these, these cards are a multi-currency by default, meaning that, you know, Rob, you've got, like impressive have offices all around the world, right? Austin and Hong Kong mm. and so on. And if you wanted to travel to those, those offices, you might have to have, you know, a traveling card, like, you know, different currency card. With these AWS cards, you'll just have one card that will be your AUD card most of the time. But then when you go to the US, 
it will automatically switch to USD that you're paying or in Hong Kong, it'll be Hong Kong dollars. So it's like the uh, the old school travel cards that you used to be able to buy from the banks and, and load money onto. Yeah, but, but yeah. I, think, I think a lot uh, a lot cheaper. A lot cheaper and, and just a lot more seamless, right? It's like a, you don't even have to think about it. The big question here is, as businesses, right, we typically will go with the, you know, the credit cards that have the highest points and, you know, the, the remunerations and the benefits and all the rest of it. And I'm sure you guys have, you know, you've got something in the making around this, but like, you know, one of the things that attracts me to, to those cards is I know I'm going to spend that amount, right? Mm. Like we spend, mate, you know, not bragging, but like millions of dollars on, you know, Amexes and your visas and, and whatever else. And one of the reasons for that is computer software, whether it's Google spend, you know, clients media, whatever it may be, I accumulate a lot of points, right? So for me, it's, it's like, it's a no brainer. I'm going to spend the money anyway. I might as well get the, get the rewards. So is that something again on the roadmap? Yeah, so so we have um, there are a couple of separate things there. We actually have a rewards program that is based on uh, based on card spend. So this is this is um, discounts to commonly used uh, e-commerce okay. or digital uh, SaaS things like yeah. Um, yeah, like, like Slack or like Klarna, yeah, Lawpath. The in terms of the like comparing against Amex points, for instance. So Amex will give you I think it's about a percent. Back in in terms of their points, and then with those points you can you can pay for things like flights and, and and so on. We don't have points exactly, but the the difference is the the fees or, or the FX and, and you know, the I guess the extra margin that you're that you're being charged for using your Amex will be more than made up for by the savings with the AirWallet's cards. So so with the Amex cards you might you know there might be like around three percent um, in FX or two percent. And then also on top of that, I've, I've sort of been recently talking to some partners who do this as well. They they spend pretty big on their, their Amex, um, their Amex bills, but the merchant that they're that they're paying will actually pass on the extra two percent that they get charged back to back to the the person who's paying. So that that might not happen all the time, but I think it happens mm. enough that it could mean that the actual rate. That you're paying on the card is like four, maybe five percent, and then if you compare that with the Airwallet card, it's it's like a zero point three percent for for conversion. If you have the money already on there, then it's zero dollars. You don't need to convert it because you already have it in in the currency, um, and there are no transaction fees either. So these you know ten dollars here, ten dollars there can add up when they're when they're sort of multiple transactions per month. Absolutely. And um, um, I like this rewards program. I'll, I'll dig deeper into that, figure out. I'm big on rewards. I'm like, I'm spending the money anyway, right? <laughs> so. yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean rewards and, and points and things like that, they're cool sort of, um, yeah, they, they're cool like psychological things, right? You seem like they are. you're playing a game. And, yeah, and, but, but I guess if you could compare the you know, 1% worth of, of, of points versus you know, 3% or 4% saving, then yeah. And the silly thing is, is I know I'm paying for those points in one way, shape or form, right? So these points that I'm accumulating and these flights that I'm getting and all the rest of it, I've paid for that in some way, shape or form, right? It's yeah. just, but they've been able to, you know, gamify it almost to the point where, you know, you earn different statuses and different credits and all the rest of it. And, you know, just how the human brain works, right? It's, the whole thing has been gamified. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. It's like with e-commerce, right? It's oh, free shipping. 
I know that that, pro- that that shipping cost is included in the product somewhere, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. but, I can, but it converts because hey, it's free, <laughs> right? Um, it is a very it's it is very much a, a psychological psychological game. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's very interesting. I mean, that 03 percent that's peanuts compared to some of the, what some of these other financial institutions are charging. It's yeah. baffling how they can even get away with that. Well, I guess that's shifting the status quo, right? Especially in Australia, um, the big four banks have you know, a lot of market share. I think it's more than ninety-five percent for for SME businesses yep. still. You know, and, and that's really what what we're trying to do. I guess we're trying to even the playing field for small and medium-sized businesses that are you know competing with you know, larger businesses or multinationals that are getting these awesome rates just by default from their banks because they're doing hundreds of millions of dollars in, in you know, sort of conversions per, per month. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, as, I mean, as you said, you deal with a lot of e-com businesses, right? And, you know, this is a topic that's very close to me, just given the, sh- the sheer amount of, you know, retail or e-com businesses that we deal with. But where do you think e-com, where, where is it heading? You know, what's the future of e-commerce? Yeah, that's that's a really interesting, a really interesting one. And I guess I'm, you know, I'm not, I don't have a crystal ball, but we, we've seen some, some really clear trends sort of recently and particularly recently because of COVID. But I guess in another way as well, AirWallets, the whole, the whole company is based on the belief that businesses are becoming just by default more and more international, international and also digital. So that they're the two sort of, uh, you know, the two sort of trends that we're seeing and that we're, we're banking on, um, et cetera. So the fastest growing businesses in the Australian economy are, e-commerce businesses and digital businesses like you know like software companies or, or tech companies and part of that is because they can scale so well so a you know let, let me you know give an example of, of one of our clients coconut Holes. so this is a this is a cool cool company actually out of uh, out of byron bay oh, yeah. they, they make they make uh sustainable sort of reusable bowls for, for people to eat out of and they have they, they, they grew really quickly and started to get customers that were wanting to buy from them um, in US dollars or customers in the UK or, or customers uh, yeah, in, in Europe. And, and that's sort of like, that's how they discovered us because they needed the bank accounts to collect that money and then also you know, convert that money and bring it back to AUD and also to pay for their SaaS subscriptions, like they're on Shopify. So that's you know, that's a USD spend that they do every month, but more and more these kind of you know these these e-commerce businesses or digital businesses can be like a one or two or ten person operation, but have you know be operating in I think I think Coconut Bowls do 150 countries that they serve, like thousands and thousands of customers that they that they're dealing with every month, and more and more I think we we touched on this earlier that that. The Australian market is is small, right, compared to the rest of the world. And when you're when you're an e-commerce business or, or a, you know, an Australian digital business, you have to think globally from the outset. So from the very start, you can't think, okay, I'm going to you know build up this business a few years. It's just going to be Australian customers, and then the next years after that, we're going to go to the US and and mm-hmm. You really have to think of how are we going to reach a market like the US is 25 times bigger than, than Australia, but is very similar in terms of, uh, in terms of you know, technology they use and consumer behavior and, and, and opinions. So that's sort of 
you know, that, that example of coconut bowls is, is what we see as typical of uh, e-commerce businesses in Australia nowadays, where they're, they're having to think globally from day one. And if they get those things set up um, initially, then it makes the growth of the business much simpler than it would normally be. Like, imagine if it was coconut bowls and they had to, you know, it's, it's, it's like one, one founder, he had to go over to the States and spend a couple months setting up a US account. Like that, that would be, that would be a lot of time out of the startups, you know, work, work week or work month, just to sort out some, some admin, some admin that is, is essential, but it's not something that is going to be bringing in dollars right away. Yeah, looking interesting point, right? I, I think that's probably some of the challenges that I personally faced with a lot of our clients earlier on in the game and not so much now, but, you know, a few years back, exactly that point, you know, they, they set up a Shopify store, you know, it's local. They think I'm just going to play in my backyard for now. The vision and the ambition is never to go overseas. You know, they're happy to just, you know, build a product like coconut bowls and, you know, distribute it all over Australia. Next thing you know, it spreads like wildfire, right? Whether it's through influencers or word of mouth or however it spreads, right? Then next thing you know, there's like, well, I should, I've got some customers out of the US that want to transact with us, but I'm not set up for the US. I don't have a bank account. I don't have a merchant center. My Shopify site doesn't allow it because I haven't set up the right infrastructure. And the next thing you know, it's like, well, holy crap, I've got some missed out. I'm missing out on revenue over here. And like you said, you're dealing in Australia, which is a drop in the ocean versus a, a place that's 25% bigger, right? So yeah. I think, you know, having platforms like Airwallex, I mean, that solves a very big problem and a very big challenge in the in the e-com space because now businesses more and more like you've alluded to before are setting up for the global stage right it's no longer a .com.au url it's a should i need to find a .com because i'm already i'm already thinking global you know and these are some of the things that we we, we now assist a lot of clients with is like when we give advice to startups and and even australian businesses that want to get internationally i'm like the first question i ask do you own the .com they're like, no. I'm like, well, there's the first problem that we need to solve, okay? And I've had this time and time and time again. And it's, you know, to a lot of people, it's something very simple, but it, it can actually make a huge difference. And then one, one story I'll share with you, I'm not going to mention the brand. Um, two years ago, one of our clients said, it was actually the first client that said, we want to get into the US, but we don't know how to. They said, well, guys, like you've got experience in this space. Where do we start? The first question I asked is, well, have you like, are you set up to actually trade in the US? And they said, well, in what regard? And I said, well, let's have a look at your tech stack. We had a look, they were on Magento, very old 1.8 at the time, you know, had a look at what the, you know, their entire stack looked like, the fulfillment center, the 3PL, all that sort of stuff. And there was a lot of ticks in there, but some of the, the, the basic fundamentals weren't ticked off. And one of those, they didn't own a .com. Now, we're talking about a label that's been around for eight years, operating on a .com.au, have never traded internationally, all of a sudden want to go internationally. So you can imagine the amount of authority that that brand and that brand equity that they hold. Now, for me to change just something as simple as a domain over is a huge, huge piece of work, right? Yeah. And it actually has a lot of ramifications, right? Like the, there's a huge revenue drop, okay? Yeah. The minute I swap that domain over to a .com, if it was available, it's not just a simple, hey, let's just redirect everything to the .com and, you know, happy days, off we go. And so something I learned is since that, since that day, by the way, we tried to engage with the person that owned the .com and they wanted to sell it. Uh, what was it? It was 219 or 220,000 USD. It was a four-letter mm -hmm. domain. 
Wow. It was crazy, crazy, right? They never bought it and we looked at another strategy and, you know, I guess where I'm going with this is like, that was back then. Now, a lot of companies, especially in the e-com space, are becoming a lot smarter with how they, how they you know, set up their environment and their, their entire stack. And I no doubt of the AirWallet plays a big part in this, right? Because now it's like, I don't, need to, I don't need to fly over to the US to open up a bank account. I don't need to go to the UK. I don't need to go to wherever I need to go. I can just do it right here, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and and you, you mentioned like the, the tech stack. So that's exactly where, where you know, our partners like, like Impressive, they introduce us as part of hmm. the standard tech stack for you know, their, their, especially the e-commerce clients, because you know, they might have, they might be on Shopify and, and they're using you know, .digital and, and have Slack and, and Fabio and all these kind of different things. Mm. And the like impressive might introduce AirWallet says, hey, you guys are paying you know, all this money on, on stats per month. And it's actually originally charging USD. So your bank, even though you're paying with your bank card, it's charging in USD and you're losing you know, a few hundred bucks per, per $10,000. Um, yeah. So they introduced us at that point because, you know, AirWorlds is, is free to, to get on and you can get set up in you know, sort of like a day or two. And and then from there, you can reduce the, the spend that you have um, on, on those stats, as well as, you know, you, you, you mentioned sort of these, these e-commerce brands that are getting sort of more savvy, which is, is really true. But then again, there are these really rapidly growing e-commerce brands that haven't had the time to really think about, am I doing something in the most efficient way? They're, they're really more focused on making sure that the product is, is great. The, the site is, you know, is, is converting well. Um, they're, they're focused on the business, which they should be. But I'll, I'll mention a, you know, an example client. I can't say their name because I haven't sort of checked this with them, yeah. but I demoed them like maybe two or three weeks ago now. They are a rapidly growing Australian activewear brand, and they, you know, they're, they're killing it. They're, they're really, you know, smart, smart founders and really great brand with a lot of customers. But even them, they were they were sending around 500 grand per month to to China to pay for um, supplies, and they were just doing that for a big four bank. So like six million, six million dollars a year. Yeah, yeah. Well, we we actually calculated that. Then shifting to to airwalks to save them just on that alone about twenty grand, and you know the at the end of the day the money is you know transferring and converting that money. There's not like a tangible difference really, other than our money might get there a bit quicker. So there's a lot of pros and no cons really. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's generally a pretty like I don't I don't mean to like sell it too much, but it is it is generally pretty easy to. To sort of you know get on it's the right fit if you're a, a plumber or something like that and you only have you know you don't have suppliers overseas and you only have local customers airwallets is not like probably the right fit but if you're, sense, yeah. if you're a brand that has customers and suppliers and employees overseas and you're moving money around and collecting money then it's generally makes quite a lot of sense to absolutely i mean to, to me like to be honest it's it's, it's a no-brainer Right. I mean, it's, uh, you know, if you, if you need the service and you're going to use it anyway, well, you might as well save the money. Right. And you're getting a much superior and a much, you know, better product by the, by the sounds of things. Right. Yeah. And um, also one, like this is, may not, might not be a, a, you know, this is maybe more nice to have, but I actually really like the, the design and the user interface of, of the platform. So it's like going into, you know, it's a, 
yeah, it's like like all these you know apps and all this tech that we're used to nowadays looks really nice and clean and slick. That doesn't happen when you go to a banking app most of the time. You know, <laughs> clunky. It looks Man, I, um, I, I even just on that. Funny enough, my wife used to work at NAB. And I used to be with Combank, right? And as far as I'm concerned, Combank leads the UI, UX, tech space as far as the, from a design perspective and user experience, right? In the in the four in the in the in the big in the big four banks. Then she tried to get me to transfer over to NAB, and I'll never forget this, right? I go, all right. Well, the first question I asked her is, I'm a tech guy, right? I live on apps all day long and my computer all day long. I do everything online, right? I was like, can you just take me through the the internet, the online? platform she took me through and i thought i went back about 20 years in life i was like <laughs> what is this it must might as well be built on dos so i yeah. went from this you know amazing user interface on cba like really slick amazing ui to nab i mean now it's a little bit better and i was like man i've just gone back like literally 20 years right? I, so even when i logged into the airwallex account when when kelly um set up i was like man this is this is awesome. I love it. You know, like you've just sold me from just a good user interface and a good customer experience. I mean, and another cool thing is, I don't know if you guys are using Zero. I'm, I'm guessing that, yeah. yeah, you probably are. Like yeah. most of our, most of our customers are the kinds of customers that will be using Zero, right? Where they're, they're sort of, you know, fast growing um, tech enabled businesses. And that was a strategic partnership that, that we decided to, to follow up because we had so many businesses that were saying, this looks really great, but I use zero. And if I can't reconcile my, my, my payments easily, then that's a bit of a deal breaker. So that's a nice thing as well that you guys will be able to, to you know, take advantage of. Seamless, seamless integration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think with, you know, with, with some of our customers, um, the Sheet Society, for instance, we, we did a case study with them recently, and we found that, that they saved about four hours per week just in admin stuff because they weren't having to manually uh, reconcile these these international payments. That it just automatically happens through the AirWallet's uh, zero integration. So answer answer me this right now, and you touched on partnerships, which is something I want to get into in in a second. But what's stopping a SME or an SMB from moving all their accounts from the Say a NAB or a Combank or an ANZ or whoever it may be, the you know their bank to Air Wallets. Yeah, so I mean, we we do have like some startups that actually have us as their as their essentially their main bank. What we don't have though is a physical location, so you couldn't go into a branch somewhere and withdraw or deposit cash. Uh, so if that was you know if you were a you know, hairdresser or something, that might be a, you know, a, a deal breaker for you. Less and less, that's important. Like having a physical location. So I didn't even think people. I didn't even think people do that these days. Yeah, I mean, was, <laughs> I can't remember the last time I went to bank. In fact, the last time I went in is because they made me go in and sign an authority form. I was like, guys, surely, surely that you can send me this form through a DocuSign. No, 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 we don't accept DocuSigns. Yeah, I was like, sorry. <laughs> I, I mean, we're actually seeing more more of these businesses. They get on us, and then they will eventually transition like everything to us. But it doesn't happen straight away. Part of that is because you know the, the big four banks they still have very strong trust, and you know people are sure that they're you know that they're they know that they're paying higher fees and, and whatever. But it's also that they know how that works and, and they they're used to it. But yeah, we are having more, especially sort of digital businesses that are using yeah. us just as their main their main sort of platform. The the only other thing as well is that right now. 
use the money in their wallets that doesn't earn any interest. So that's mm. that's another uh, sort of possible drawback. Although at this time, you know, no one's really earning much interest. Anyway. No one's earning no, no one's earning much anyway. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I'm actually legitimately thinking of. I mean, I, you know, we've got a few transaction accounts that sit there and different banks, and I, you know, a part of me is thinking, well. I could arguably just transfer everything over. I don't. I don't go into a bank. We don't need to deposit anything. We don't need to take. You know, we literally don't need to go into a bank physically. Everything we've done, we do is is, is digital. So if it's cheaper and easier and it's a better experience, I mean, for me, I guess it's a no-brainer. And I'm legitimately saying that. I'm not even trying to trying to sell yeah. it, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. We'll help you get set up. But but I guess like one one really common thing that happens is that uh, an e-commerce business, if they already have customers say in the UK and the US, they will have a bank over there, but they're paying you know, HSBC um, and they've set that up and they're paying some other bank standard chartered or something in the US and they have their own bank in Australia. So there's just so much sort of back and forth unnecessary stuff. So in that time, they will they will almost always ditch the, the overseas banks. They'll probably keep their, their main bank here, but they will reduce the amount of banks uh, or financial institutions that they're using. And then that means that also they're probably saving not just their, you know, their, their time and effort, but they're saving, you know, some bank fees uh, that they'll be getting charged to have the account or to, you know, to, to use cards or something like that. Um, my, my brain's blowing up already with all these ideas right, as far as how we can, you know, leverage this and, and, and even, even with our clients and which I guess brings me to my, you know, probably my, my last point, which is uh, I'm saving the best to last, right? And it's our, it's our partnerships. And I know you guys have some great partnerships, right? But uh, let's talk about impressive here. I'll be a little bit selfish. <laughs> uh, but I know we've recently, you know, we've recently, um, I guess you could say we got into bed together as far as, you know, from a, from a partner, from a strategic partnership perspective, you know, how important is that for you guys? Uh, I guess more from a, from a growth or a strategic level moving forward. Yeah, partnerships are hugely important for for tech businesses in general, but especially for air wallets, because we find um, that a lot of a lot of businesses will you know listen to a trusted advisor. Like impressive, you know, you have you know a, a, an e-commerce client, and they're asking you, hey, what should we what should we do here? How can we grow our business? We want to get into the US and and start like you know showing ads and, and things like that there. Um, and optimizing our site for that. How do we do that? And it's a natural sort of progression for you know, a partner like Impressive to then say, hey, you know, we use AirWorks ourselves to, you know, to, to collect money or to, you know, to reduce our costs, basically. So, and, and another thing is that it's not, it's, not so, it's not so salesy. So we can sort of like outbound and, and, and send emails or, or call different brands and tell them you know, what we do and how good we are. But it holds a lot more credibility coming from a um, you know basically like a neutral partner who is is really at the end of the day impressive is not going to recommend air wallets if it makes things harder or more expensive for their clients right but at the end of the day your 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 loyalty and how you, you know, pay the bills is from having really happy satisfied clients who are repeat clients so so like I guess the you know, answer to that is that the channel partnerships uh, especially is very important to to Airworks's growth because it allows our our team to sort of focus on uh, rather than you know too much 
outbound selling, more like the education sort of stuff, which is, mm. you know, I know that the partnership is pretty new with, with Impressive, but I'm sure that, you know, in pretty soon we'll be doing joint content, you know, we'll be doing, um, well, when, when live events are, are, are back, we'll definitely Absolutely. be doing that. And we'll be doing things that essentially like education days as well. So that kind of thing where, where a business doesn't realize what's involved in setting up a, a US bank account or, or how much they, they are actually paying that unnecessarily for their suppliers. You know, that's, that's the kind of thing that we can help with. And the way that we do it is, is very sort of, um, I guess you might call it sort of like soft selling or, or education. You know? we, we don't do too much in terms of like, hey, you need to sign up now or else your you know, your your offer is going to expire or something. Which is what which is what I guess one of the things that attracted us, <clears throat> obviously, to Airwallex amongst a lot of other things is that, you know, we don't have this old school you know, you know, car salesman mentality where you're pushing products down people's throats, right? For us, it's about less selling, more education. You know, the more educated someone becomes, they naturally just sell themselves. You know, you don't need to sell them anything. And I, and, I, and I like that about Airwallex, you know, something that definitely is, is, a, is, a, is a core, you know, one of our core values, I guess you, you, you would say is that like, you know, for us, it's, it is about that strategic advice. It's about that education piece and empowering, I guess, the person on the other side, that business to give them a full understanding of what they're actually getting themselves into and how certain things operate. And then it's totally up to them to make the decision. Hence, you know, partnerships like Airwallex and, um, and and some of the others, you know, the big guys for us, like, you know, your Facebooks, your HubSpots, your Googles are very, very important because if we're making a recommendation, we need to ensure that there are, you know, our values aligned. And if I'm recommending someone, generally speaking, the person on the other side, the, you know, the the conversion rate on that is going to be very, very high. Yeah. You typically yeah. wouldn't wouldn't recommend someone or a company that you don't trust or have done business with in the past. So it is it is it is critical for us, I guess, even from a yeah from our perspective to have, you know, uh, very open and transparent partnerships and and partners that we can trust. Okay, and I think that's 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 the big one as well. Yeah, and, and I think in that situation as well, it's like a it's like a three way sort of win 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 for yeah, you know, exactly. for, obviously because we get a new customer for you guys. You mentioned you know when when things go wrong or, or you know the the conversion rate needs to be higher, you guys get blamed. But then if you're able to introduce us and then we help them save you know, 3% or 4%, um, then that is something as well that, that builds trust with your clients. And then for your clients, obviously, they, they get to save money uh, and they get to sort of operate internationally a bit more efficiently. And, and um, yeah, it's just like, it's a cool sort of platform as well. You know, more, more and more sort of digital businesses are wanting to use things like neobanks or you know, mm. use something that, is more similar to the, the apps that they're using on their phone rather than some you know, 150 year old institution that like you said has, has systems on, on DOS. Is a dinosaur. I, did, I know I said there was a last question, but I promise this will be the last one. And I know this, this could take us down a bit of a rabbit hole, but crypto, <laughs> cryptocurrency, right? Very controversial. We were the first agency on a global scale to offer um, to accept crypto as payment, by the way. Oh, really? So, yeah, on globally, like there was no, you know, this when PR bananas, right? So I know enough to get myself into trouble. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I, I trade and here and there and whatever else. But I guess as far as Airwallex, is that, has that ever been a topic of discussion, a consideration? I'm just throwing it out there, right? 
Yeah, no, crypto is really interesting. And I actually just, um, I bought like a little bit of, you know, Bitcoin or something the other day for the first time, like, and just sort of testing it out. With, with Airworks though, because, so Airworks is like security and, and uh, you know, that sort of compliance aspect of the business is very, you know, we, yeah. we have very high standards for that. And crypto, there can be some, uh, you know, it, it can be, yeah, a little bit of a gray area. Sometimes. It's a dark side, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure that you know, crypto is going to be, there's going to play a part in the future of, of you know, finances somewhat. Um, but right now, unfortunately, we, we don't support that. And, and part of that as well is because of our banking partners. So yeah. so Airworks is, is essentially like a technology layer that sits on top of our banking partnerships around the world and more than, more than 50 banking partners. And well, they, they help us to um, support the infrastructure. So they also need to be, you know, we need to comply with, with, with their regulations as well. And, and it can get very complicated when you're doing that all around the world because every jurisdiction will have different uh, procedures or, or regulations. And I think crypto makes it just that, that extra bit harder. Absolutely, yeah, uh, that makes sense, that makes sense. Man, that was that was awesome. Like literally, I got so much value out of it. Thank you, mate. And yeah, like I seriously look forward to the partnership with Impressive. I know I've got some ideas here in, in my head which I'm going to explore with the team, and and I'll revert back to you as far as how we can how we can execute it, and just the amount of value that we can add to our clients. My mind's about to blow up. Right? <laughs> A lot of the things in the past that I thought, why could this not be simpler? You know, like little things like you just said, open up a bank account in the US. Like, why do I need to go over there? You know, it's going to cost me more money to go over there and set it up than I'm actually even making in that country. <laughs> so um, even just little things like that, I think there's some there's some really good angles and content production that we can um, we can create as, as, you know, jointly for our for our client base and and also, you know, yeah, for, for air wallets in, in general. So I've really, really enjoyed that and I hope our listeners have too. Dave, if, uh, if any of our listeners want to get in touch, how do they get in touch with you? If they want to get in touch with me, um, they can email me at david.tan at airwalks.com. If they want to check out an account, they can actually sign up through Impressive's partner link. So it's airwalks.com slash impressive. And they will get priority onboarding and also they'll get a special offer. So their first their first 20 grand that they convert to us will be free. So there won't be that 0.3 margin that we normally would charge. That will be 0%. So it's a nice way of them, you know, you know rewarding like a, a partner's client, but also a nice way of them totally having no um, no sort of barriers to, to testing us out. Love it. And I'll, um, for our listeners as well, I'll put the link in the uh, in the comments below. So you are you're more than welcome to go and check out, check out the page. David, thank you very much, mate. And um, yeah, I look forward to, you know, meeting face-to-face one day. And I know you're only just around the corner. So hopefully- yeah, I can hopefully... see you from my balcony. Yeah, I reckon if I waved, you'd be able to see me. <laughs> Thank you, mate, and um, thanks for, for, for coming on. Yeah, great. Yeah, I really appreciate the, the invitation, and um, I'm really looking forward to the partnership as well. Like, we we aim to partner with leaders in industries, right? So uh, impressive is, is definitely that. And, yeah, we're looking forward to working with you guys in 2021. Awesome. I look forward to it. Thank you, buddy, and we'll talk soon. Cool. Thanks a lot, Rob. Thank you.